Amen. Well, good morning once again. It is uh, a privilege and honor to be with you this morning um, here at One Life. And uh, if I didn't say it yet, I want to say it again. My name is Rich. I'm one of the co-lead pastors here. And we always want to make sure you're able to engage with us in the best way possible. In order to do so, you need to be on our online platform, which you can find at www.onelifeseattle.org forward slash live. And uh, again, there you'll find our live chat line, Bible and prayer app, um, note section, and more. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent and the fourth week of our Honest Advent sermon series named after the book by the author and artist Scott Erickson. As we've been looking at the series, we want to remember two things about this series rooted in the words of the title. The first has to do with this word Advent. The word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, meaning arrival, coming into place, coming into view, coming into being, entrance or appearance, particularly of something having great importance, which is exactly what this season in the church calendar is all about. It's the story of humanity waiting for the arrival or the advent of God in the flesh. The advent of Jesus models this relational anticipation of pregnancy. We're expecting Christ to arrive for the unseen God to come into view, to come into being, and to start fully engaging with all of humanity in person. And so each year at One Life, we work to create a liturgy and practice of waiting, be it through the worship song selection that Brian picks, the various resources like the book that we are using this year, daily scripture readers, Advent action calendars, those at-home candle liturgies, our midweek prayer times, all of these things are designed with the hope they will help us enter into the real meaning of this season. And that leads me to the second part of our title, and that's the word honest. You see, when it comes to Christmas, in many ways, we've heard it all before, and often what we've heard and experienced has totally missed the point of this time of year. And at One Life, we don't want to just go through the motions of the world. Rather, we want to honestly engage and interact and respond to the live, kind of messy, real human realities of the Advent story. Why? Well, because we believe just like a woman's body is completely changed and transformed with childbirth, we believe that when God arrives, it changes everything. And it should change us as well. So throughout this series, we've been attempting to awaken ourselves to the wonder of the incarnation of the God who was, is, and always will be by looking at how God chose to arrive and be experienced in the world from the very beginning. And so far, we've discussed the themes of vulnerability, how it relates to unconditional love, and as a result, its effect on our identity. And for today, we're going to build on all of this by talking about this idea of physical embodiment. But before we do, um, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, Son, Spirit, as we pause and take a breath we are reminded of you entering into this world in um, human form. As we take communion, as Brian says every week, we remember the fleshy act of what you did. It is real. It's human. 
personal, it's intimate, it's something we can identify with as humans. And so God, this morning as we think about what it means um, to embody something and how you embody um, your presence in our world, help us to um, learn something new, help us to be encouraged and challenged and, and draw closer to you as a result. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, as we begin, I want us to think about this idea of how something becomes sacred. To make something sacred is to give reverence to the weight of its importance. So, so not to forget it, we would memorialize it, or we would set it apart. We honor it, or we even make a national holiday out of it. And it comes with all these different ideas and um, plans and, and, and design so that we don't forget the transformative meaning of whatever it is. At least that's the hope anyways. And this is something humanity has done over and over again throughout history. But sadly, some of the things we've made sacred lose parts of the details or they get polished or they get glorified so to miss some of the hard parts of the story that actually add to the sacredness of the truth behind them. And so as humans, we will always mark things and remember our most important stories, especially the ones that have shaped and transformed us the most. But this process becomes unhelpful when we separate our own fleshy kind of humanity from the humanity found in these sacred stories. So, for example, take Martin Luther King Jr. Day or Veterans Day or Memorial Day, for example. Many in our culture may pause for a moment of silence or of remembrance. Some may go to a gravesite of a loved one who served our country or, or put a flag out of their house. But let's be really honest, the vast majority give little reflection on these sacred days and all the meaning they hold. And a lot of people simply view it as a day off to go play and never even think about wars fought, lives lost and sacrificed, racial injustices fought for, the struggles for all forms of inequality to stop, and all the fleshy, messy humanity wrapped up in all these sacred days. For the church, Advent and Christmas is one of the most sacred times of the year. Why? Well, because some 2,000 years ago, something incredibly significant happened in our significantly ordinary world. A meeting between the finite and the infinite that changed the way we understand our day-to-day -day and the world as we know it. And this season is a perfect example of how our world can take something so sacred and transformative and over time lose some of the most important details of the story to the point where we completely miss the point. Our culture has done this with Christmas. We have completely sanitized this story to the point where our culture never takes much time, if any, to consider the aches and the pains, the fluids, the naked fleshiness, the doubts, and the real humanity of this story. We've done this so much so that we basically dismiss ourselves from being ones who could also find ourselves in this sacred story. 
But to ignore the humanity of this sacred story is to ignore the meeting place where the very Spirit of God meets every single human being in our physical bodies. Scott Erickson in his book says this, if the incarnation insists on anything, it insists that our physical bodies matter to God. Our physical bodies matter to God. This Advent story is a picture of the truest form of embodiment, the God that was, is, and always will be, the unseen God that humanity was waiting for who could have arrived in any possible way chose to arrive fully embodied in the human form of a baby, including all the real details that come with this entrance. With this, we have learned that our hope is not found in some ideal, perfect, clean, holy vision that is so far from removed from our reality, but in a very messy and scandalous participation of human weakness. That the sanitized brand of Christmas our culture has created aesthetically suggests that we can only experience God with us by cleaning up or worse, hiding all of life's messy details. For example, here's two images. There's baby Jesus in the major, as white as can be, and uh, not a speck of dirt on him. And, and then we got the scene with Mary who has zero signs that she just gave birth. And there's no sign that anybody has gone through any labor whatsoever. Now, I don't want to take away from beauty, right? There's beauty in lots of different things. But neither of these images kind of create any kind of real kind of sense of what this would have been like back then. The truth is that the details of this birthing process that we know teach us that the Christ story is actually about a God who brings salvation into the world through all the messy details, through the carrying of a baby as it develops inside the womb, through morning sickness and exhaustion and, and body stretching and transformation to the labored, breathing, groaning, tearing, shouting of a mother giving birth with no doctors or doulas, no medicine, no comforts, no beds, nothing. And through the arrival of the powerlessness of a writhing, crying, goop-covered newborn baby. These are just some of the images that our author and artist produced to help us think through this. They're very human. And some are more messy than others. And they make us take a different look at the way Christmas was. And it's not nearly as sanitized. This is how God chose to arrive, to be seen and experienced by humanity from the very beginning in a human body. And from day one, Jesus lives out and models faithful presence in the midst of the messy, raw, risky, needy, vulnerable, and powerful beauty of the real Christmas story in all of life. And with it, the Advent story invites us to embody Christ in our day-to-day life. Now, 
Dictionary.com describes this idea of what it means to, to embody something. It says to embody something is to be a representation or expression of something in a tangible or visible form, including, for example, a spirit, a principle, or an abstraction. It even gives the example as the incarnation, which I love that Dictionary.com lists the incarnation as an example because the incarnation of Jesus Christ is the purest example of what it looks like to embody something. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this, the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The exact representation. The scriptures make it very clear that the Son, Jesus, is that exact representation of the unseen God in tangible, visible form. The God who was, is, and always will be. Now, the Gospel of John describes this reality as well, and it also connects to this idea in Hebrews of God doing so by his powerful word. It says this, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. In short, as my favorite translation of verse John 1.14 from the message says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The unseen God literally became flesh and blood, entering into our world, moving into our neighborhood in the most human flesh and blood kind of way, by being born. By being born. 
All this is to say that the story of Advent and the Advent of Christ is all about embodiment and it teaches us that our bodies matter to God. So much so that the God of the universe would purposely enter into humanity to experience every detail of being human from conception, birth, growth, and maturing to death. It's with our bodies that God fills us and empowers us and animates us and moves us and heals us and leads us and grows us and uses us and transforms us. The scriptures even describe the church as the body of Christ with each and every member of the body being unique and important and necessary. The scriptures also describe our bodies as the sacred temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the body matters to God. But here's the thing. Much like we rarely pause to think of the sacredness of the human, fleshy, messy, honest images of the pregnant Advent story, we also rarely think of our own bodies with any sense of sacredness. We rarely pause to be aware of what's really going on in our own body to listen, to breathe, to rest, to allow ourselves to really feel all the feels life is bringing us. But the invitation of Advent is that we can connect with God in the most intimate ways with and in our body. I remember going to birthing classes with my wife, Jen, as we prepared to have our first child. And, um, we were taught these breathing techniques, which I'm not going to reproduce for you. There's actually some jokes around it. Um, but the idea behind these is that um, the reason why you work on breathing is that the focusing of breathing in and out is that it anchors you in the present moment of your body. It can calm you down in the midst of the most intense and emotional moments, and it brings focus to distraction. And it's the same reason that paying attention to our breathing is at the heart of centering prayer or mindfulness practices. But if you think about it, when was the last time you paused long enough to pay attention to your breath? When was the last time you allowed yourself enough space to notice what your heart was doing in a particular moment? Our bodies matter to God. And it's why God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the ruach in Hebrew, the pneuma in the Greek, the wind, the breath of God in each and every one of us, giving us life in every moment, whether we realize it or not. The Holy Spirit of God is, was, and always will be faithfully present with us in every detail of life. It's the same spirit we can now engage with that was also in Jesus. Jesus was animated by the Spirit, was filled with the Spirit, was led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, was one with the Spirit. And the Scriptures tell us that we knew when Jesus died because the Spirit had left him. During the summer, I was in the hospital with my father for a week before he passed away. And during that time, he was not able to maintain his heartbeat or breathe without a machine doing it for him. And although those functions were happening, that is not how our bodies are designed to live. The spirit is the mechanism that is ultimately responsible for our heartbeat and our breath. 
which is why when those machines were turned off, my father was truly able to be at peace. It was the most powerful way to see a truth that there's a relationship between our bodies and our spirit, and it matters. You see, the spirit engaged with Jesus in every detail of his life, just like the spirit cares for and engages with every detail of our body and our life. The question is, are we paying attention? Are we listening to and responding to the spirit? And are we anchored in the spirit? So how do we become more embodied? How do we become more comfortable with and in our own body, especially when things get messy or hard or when the feelings are so extreme and you can feel it all? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. How do we become imitators of God, particularly with regards to being present in the messy details of life? And I, and I don't really have the best answers, but what I can say is I think it's a lot like stretching. It takes regular practice. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. I'm not one that can talk a lot about stretching. I can't even touch my toes without having to bend my knees. But I've been told from my doctors that if I do this more, it'll happen. And that's what everyone will tell you. The more I start working on this, doing yoga or other things, my flexibility will increase. And so for today, I want to do something a little different to help us have a few moments to practice being more engaged with our body. If you think back to the images of pregnancy that we see in the Advent story, it's not hard to think of moments that would make us aware of our body, right? Like we've discussed before, it could be in the hard places like morning sickness that we become aware of God present with us. But it could also be in that moment when the baby develops to a stage where you can feel it kick within you. And as discussed, we of course remember the breathing a woman would do when having contractions and in the process of delivery. This breathing helps the mom remain centered and focused on what's going on in her body and what needs to happen. It helps her get through one of the most painful, traumatic, and transformative experiences in her life. Another moment that illustrates the relational connections of our body is when a newborn baby is laid to rest on our chest. It's in those moments where you're able to pause and feel this little one's breathing in and out of the very same spirit as you. The very same spirit breathing in when, uh, in Christ when he was born and held in Mary's arms. There's actual medical proof that shows that having this baby rest on the mother's chest helps the baby be at ease to rest because they connect to the rhythm of the mother's heartbeat, something the baby intimately heard for nine months while developing inside of her. I mean, talk about an embodied experience, especially when you think about the fact that this is exactly how the God of the universe chose to arrive and connect relationally 
in our world. So today I want to invite you to try something you may have never done or maybe not for some time. It's a practice designed to simply help us better connect to the two deepest workings in our body, our breathing and our heartbeat, and with it, really the deepest workings of the Holy Spirit within you. So um, the practice is simple. We're going to do this for two minutes to engage it. And how this works is before we start, I want to make sure you get really comfortable. If you're not, sit in your couch, a comfy chair, maybe put your feet up, grab a blanket, whatever you need to do to get super relaxed, cozy, comfy. During the two-minute practice, you're going to be doing two things. The first is um, breathing. Simply paying attention to your breathing in and out. And I don't want you to try to control it. I don't want you to do anything but pay attention to how you naturally breathe. Is it through your nose? Is it through your mouth? Is it in through your nose, out through your mouth, or vice versa? Whatever it is, just do what comes natural. You almost don't even think about it. You just do it. What's the easiest for you to do? That's what I want you to do first thing. Pay attention to your breathing. The second thing, though, is that while you're paying attention to your breathing, I want you to gently, not like aggressively, but just gently cover, plug your ears so that you can also pay attention to your heart. I want you to listen to your heartbeat as you rest and breathe and see if you can get to a place where you can actually be aware of both the breathing in and out and your heart beating at the same time. And that's it. Pretty simple, right? Um, I want to make a note, though. For some people, this can make them uncomfortable or can make them anxious. Uh, hopefully, that's not the case for you. But feel no pressure, no worries if that's how you feel. You can always stop at any moment. Um, we're just going to do it for two minutes. Um, so what I would like you to do is get ready, get comfortable. I'm going to put a two-minute uh, clock up. Um, I will be out of view. I'm going to be silent and uh, invite you to do that as well. I actually recommend you not looking at the screen and paying attention to the clock. Rather, just close your eyes, rest, and listen and breathe. And um, I'll bring us back in two minutes. Sound good? Okay, so with that, we're going to start in three, two, one, go.
Amen. I meant to bring a chime to bring us back out, and I apologize that I forgot to do that. Thank you so much for trying this with me, and I so wish we could be together to hear how this experience was for you. I've done it quite a few times this week, and um, I can still, I, I feel like I'm still feeling my heartbeat right now, um, both just because I was attentive to it, but also um, in sharing some of the things I've shared already this morning, I'm just kind of feeling it. So hopefully you got to tap into um, what's going on in your body through this experience. What I love um, about this simple practice is that it makes us aware of our body and that the spirit's at work within us even when we aren't paying attention to it. You see, we can control our breathing, but mostly it's an involuntary action. It's something that sustains our living at every moment while um, our attention is completely elsewhere. And it's the same with our heartbeat, right? It's happening without our attention. We're not in charge of our heartbeats and, and not in charge of our breathing. God is. And the unseen God that was, is, and always will be is with us as close and intimate as our very breath and as consistent as our heartbeat. The story of Advent is the story of the arrival of God in flesh and blood. Fully present in and through all the messy and glorious details of life. And the story teaches us about the power of vulnerability, its connection to pure and unconditional love, and as a result, our true identity as image bearers of God. And it teaches us that our bodies matter and that they are of tremendous value and that with them, we can be imitators of God's love as seen in the story with those around us. That's what Advent love is. And so as we close, as Scott Erickson says in his book, maybe one of the places we can experience the wonder of this season is in the moments we stop and listen to our very own breathing and to our heart beating. To pay attention to the rhythm of the Ruach, the Numa, the Holy Spirit, already deep within us, and to realize again that the divine with us is not in a building that we must go to. But the God is with us in the animating breath of what makes us alive. Amen? So as we close, may you be reminded of the biological human fleshy wonder of Advent. And may you remember the sacredness of your physical body. And may you awaken to the inseparable, unconditional love of God by the beating of your heart and every breath that you take that you're not in charge of. Amen. As we move on, I'm going to invite Brian to um, play instrumentally for us for a bit, and in doing so, allow us some space to ponder what we've heard. Um, you could even do the practice again during this space if that would be helpful for you. Um, but I do have a couple questions of application and reflection that I'd love your thoughts on. The link to our connection card will be in the online platform. That's the best way to communicate with us and let us know what you think, whether you do that for one question or multiple questions. But here they are. Question number one how often do you find yourself aware of God at work 
in your body. Uh, if you're like me, you uh, don't do that very often. Um, number two, how might God be inviting you to experience him more in your body? For whatever reason, this year um, with the pandemic, I have just been more aware of my body. Um, I find myself saying things like, the COVID-19 is real, like I've gained 19 pounds, but I'm also finding it, uh, the lack of exercise and the impact of sleep and all these kinds of things that are very physical things um, that I've been a lot more aware of. Um, but I want to invite God and myself to have more of a relational dialogue about that. And so, so how might God be inviting you to experience him more in your body? Number three, how was your experience with this two-minute practice? What did you notice and how did you feel? Uh, there's not a right or wrong. I'd just love to hear how that experience was for you. And finally, what are some things you could do to help increase your awareness of the Spirit at work within you? And I gave some examples. Centering prayer, breathing practices, engaging your senses like smell and taste, taking Sabbath, whatever those things are, just some things to help you remember that your body matters, that God is with you um, in all the details. That's it. With that, um, feel free to use this space uh, to pray, to confess, to own, to give thanks, to receive, to be filled, to dream, to uh, close your eyes and listen to your breathing and your heartbeat, whatever you feel called to at this time. I also want you to note that our prayer team is back live and would be honored to pray with and for you. All you have to do is click the request prayer button um, to the left of our chat line um, and they would uh, connect with you in the order of which it's received. So please take advantage of that. Um, I'm going to close our time with prayer and then Brian's going to give us one last song to reflect on and sing together as a response. Um, but before we do, uh, let me pray. Father, Son, Spirit, as we continue our Advent journey and, and reflect about how you arrived in our world in human flesh and blood, um, we are reminded of all the craziness you went through. And our world feels messy. It, it feels like it's full of all kinds of craziness. And uh, the reality is, is we are way more prone to try to make things look better than they are or to straight up hide those realities from people, our messiness. We thank you, Jesus, for the reminder of your unconditional love that would enter the world in such a way that would illustrate how much you desire to embody all of what it means to be human and to experience all of what it means and to love us no matter what, to be present with us no matter what. God, help us to feel you in your presence in us moving in us, leading us, guiding us, changing us, challenging us, transforming us, stretching us, uh, with us in the midst of everything that's going on. In those moments where we celebrate, may we celebrate with you present. In those things we're struggling with, may we struggle knowing you are present as close as our very breath and as consistent as our heartbeat. May it cause us to worship you and may it cause us to shed that light of truth um, to others as we go about our day to day. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.